The information featured in this program does not constitute any investment advice, nor is anything mentioned an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security or other instruments. Anything discussed is for informational purposes only and does not take into account your personal circumstances, needs, or objectives. Under no circumstances should investments be based solely on the information provided. Guests appearing on the program may own or have commercial arrangements with some of the companies or projects mentioned. Before making any investment, insurance, or financial planning decisions, you should consult a licensed professional who can advise whether your decision is appropriate for you. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon to all those across the cryptocurrency world. My name is Louis Mossman. And welcome to The Platypus Show, where each week we discuss the latest cryptocurrency market news, one sector of the market in particular, and of course, some bright ideas and hot opportunities for your own portfolios. And as always, I'm joined by the mastermind himself, Dr. Adam Shedokovsky. How are you today, sir? Good. Thank you very much. That's good to hear. And a lot to cover this week. A lot of news, nonetheless, but probably not as much to do with the price action. But there were some top movers, so take us through them. Yeah, absolutely. We did see some moves, certainly uh, mostly among the mean coins, but that was actually visible on the chart, uh, the top 10 charts today. So let's actually go straight to the chart here. You can see now Dogecoin is back in the top 10, <laughs> and it had a phenomenal uh, a run of uh, 23%. Uh, and actually, more recently, like a few minutes ago, was more than that. And more impressive, uh, Shiba had even more phenomenal performance, up more than 50%. So we will and, and we will get back to that number at some point. So very, very, very good to see there. Among the top 10, we see Bitcoin up uh, 3.8, Ethereum up pretty well, almost 12% as well. So some good positive moves. But we also saw, for example, uh, Cardano uh, coin also moving more than 10%. So very positive week. We also saw the market cap increasing uh, about 6%. So it was very good. And uh, on the, while the volume comparing to a week ago is mm -hmm. slightly lower though. Uh, another interesting thing to mention that we can see on the top right chart that is the dominance of Ethereum has been steadily uptrending, upstream as we have been watching the show. We saw the 67 in 18, 19, uh, and yeah, last week was 18, now 19% of the wow. total market cap. So it is steadily getting there. Yeah, well, as we've approached that $2,000 level, we can see it's rapidly approaching Bitcoin. I mean, it's still really only halfway there, but nonetheless, it's a way, a larger proportion of what Bitcoin was. There probably ever has been before. And I think, as I said, the market cap's roughly half when you're looking at that $2,000 level. Yeah, edging uh, slowly uh, in that direction. So now let's have a look for the winners among the uh, top 200. So top 50, top 100 and 200. So this is for the hour, day and week. So as I was mentioning, the most impressive performer this week was Shiba Inu. And you can see there for this week, it went up by 56%. And again, a couple of minutes ago, that was actually almost 60%. Wow. So very, very impressive to do that in one week. And uh, yeah, it was, um, uh, I guess, a good take that we mentioned uh, yeah, it was funnily enough, we were saying we we're watching this surge in meme coins throughout the week. And as we saw that we spoke about it last week yeah, on the show. Exactly. And I mean, what can you attribute to this surge in the price of these meme coins? Because, I mean, they're memes in themselves. So usually it's tagged onto some tweet by Elon Musk or some radical announcement by a company. But what was driving them this week? Because there didn't seem to be a whole lot of news. Yeah, there wasn't uh, really particular news. But uh, what, what, I'm, what I'm seeing is like when we are potentially reaching a trend reversal in the cryptocurrency market, th this is where sometimes MeanCoin can really uh, show 
spikes in particular. And there is also an, another thing that is a bit technical. So for, in particular for Shiba Inu, we saw there was burning rates has a had a temporary um, t temporary hike, and that can kind of be a, a, a cycle that is reaffirming itself. So as volumes uh, are increasing in, in trading, that can uh, trigger a certain burning mechanism, and uh, then that can then lower the number of uh, Shiba Inu in circulation, and which is then potentially putting the price higher again. So this thing uh, is something that can happen. Uh, we uh, and yeah, so it's uh, we had in, in regards to that burning rate, uh, it was uh, forty percent higher than uh, usual. So there was definitely some something going yeah. on there. And, and but it wasn't a lot a large number that was being burned. It was just the fact that I think it was a piece of news that maybe the community really jumped on top of. And we know when the meme coin fire gets set alight, it really gets set alight. And I mean, the whole Wall Street bets area has also been reignited recently, but Bed Bath & Table is a stock that's up, I think it's 130% in five days and it's been plastered all over Wall Street bets. So maybe that whole momentum, maybe gathering things back up again. Yeah, sometimes the market can really uh, p uh, take on some small news, as you mentioned, and really t uh, t search from there. So very interesting. So one final one I will mention is the one at the top 200. So that is the uh, Ergo token, ERG, and also a winner uh, for this week. So actually the one with the highest performance uh, among the top 200 this week. And uh, just to uh, remind the viewers what that uh, technology is all about, that is the uh, Ergo uh, network that launched in 2019, so fairly uh, new, and it is really saying it is be trying to be the most fair among all projects out there. So there was no initial coin offering, no pre-mining, no pre-allocation, and, uh, and only very small proportion of tokens is going to the developers. Everything else is going back to people. So for example, if you're mining or you're in, uh, uh, so not, nothing really given like to the creators. So they're trying to be fair, and that's very interesting. Uh, and yeah, well, so at least that one had a significant pop this week. And what perfectly displays that point. It doesn't matter what market you're in, there's always projects like this that can provide some pretty good lucrative returns if you're in the right project um, at the right time. And as we always cover, there's a lot of these big institutions and banks moving into crypto. I remember another week, so you, you were just um, talking about a major institution that made a few big acquisitions of key staff members into the crypto space. And now I'm covering Citibank making some uh, big hirings to add to their own blockchain and crypto team. There was two individuals, and this is under sorry the digital assets team that I'm talking about. Ryan Rugg and David Cunningham were added to Citi's Treasury and Trade Solutions Unit. Now, these are two reasonably large names in the world of digital asset management. And of course, it strengthens their team. Now, Citi's been a company, an investment bank that over the last few weeks and months has continually, I suppose, had a lot of commentary to do with the crypto markets. Three weeks ago, they said it is likely crypto contagion fears have peaked in the interim and they called a somewhat softer bottom on the market. Now, Adam, this trend of institutions moving into crypto, it's obviously going to continue, but do you see Citi is at the front of that or are they kind of catching up on the back end? Well, I wouldn't really, I, I wouldn't actually say in either way. I mean, as institutions are slowly moving into uh, the crypto space as they see the demand by the clients. So really responding to market demands. And uh, 
I wouldn't at this point really pick a winner among the institutions. Yeah. I mean, they've also had a lot to say about the Ethereum merge. And mm. I love reading the commentary by, I think it was Goldman, JP Morgan, City, and one more. And it's, it's the very generic stuff yeah. saying, you know, it'll be a positive transition for the community as they're making more environmental steps. And it's just the whole, the same rabble that they've been on about. So I think this was their quote they said. Um, they said, City switching from proof of work will reduce overall issuance of Ether by 4.2% a year. And with Ether eventually becoming deflationary, this may improve the case for the token as a store of value. So again, yeah. a lot of that waffle uh, that we've heard of before. Now, City has made a few big in acquisitions in the crypto space. So as you said perfectly, you can't pick a clear winner. But I brought up, the so out of the S&P 500, the largest 100 public companies in the US, the biggest acquisitions that have been made in the crypto space. And I've got a quick chart for you here to show you exactly that. So as you can see on the left-hand columns of this chart, there's all these massive big US listed companies. As you can see there, you've got Alphabet, BlackRock, Morgan Stanley, Samsung, Goldman Sachs, all making huge acquisitions. City is there on the list. They've made six acquisitions at a total of 215 million. But they're nowhere near the top. Alphabet is by far the largest in the space. Alphabet has made acquisitions in the line of 1.5 billion US dollars. And these are the companies that we've really heard of before. So Fireblocks, Dapper Labs, Voltage and the Digital Currency Group. BlackRock has made investments in Circle, FTX and the Anchorage Digital. So a lot of these big names we've heard of before. And I think this chart really just displays how... The traditional financial systems, I suppose, tentacles are weaving themselves yeah. into the current current climate. And, and I'm sure you'd agree that this would continue. It's it's a strategy that I very often have because there is a danger for these bigger companies if there is one smaller company that is just starting and they're, uh, I mean, I guess they just had an idea that is really good. There is a risk, like they could really become a risk long term. So it's a strategy very often that we just buy up. Yeah, and I think that a lot of the liquidity sitting on these big companies' balance sheets over the last few years has given them the ability to give this money to these companies because we say hundreds of millions and billions of dollars, but to some of these massive conglomerates, that isn't really a sizable sum. We know Warren Buffett's got tens of billions just sitting on a balance sheet somewhere waiting to go somewhere. So not something surprising um, by any means. Now, moving over to a little bit more negative news, um, stable coins have always been in focus for us this year, the Terra Luna saga didn't do anything mm. positive for that space. And unfortunately this week, there's a new one that's been exposed, but a little bit more by an malicious kind of way. So this week we're talking about Akala and its native stable coin. Now it's collapsed, Adam. Tell us what happened there and how that happened. Yeah, so uh, maybe I would just start a little bit of introduction. So be reminded about Polkadot. They have their own blockchain and, uh, and also uh, Sumana linked uh, link to that. Uh, and they of course want to make it as attractive of, as possible. So as many of the top blockchain technologies, there will also be a native stable coin that is also there as well. So, uh, yeah, so for example, the Terra, we, do had, we did have the Terra USD. I mean, it's still there, but yeah. Uh, and so they had or have still what is called AUSD. So a uh, quote here, AUSD is a decentralized, multi-collateralized stable coin backed by cross-chain assets, stable by design with value relative to the US dollar. Uh, AUSD is the de facto stablecoin of Polkadot and uh, Kusama and uh, it continues saying what is involved in so of course uh, but basically one of the uh, ways of offering more services on any blockchain is by offering uh, stablecoins as well that can be used for many things as well and just to give you some specific examples uh, what is it backed by well it is backed by dot it is also backed by dot derivatives and uh, also other cross-chain assets such as btc and ethereum 
So in that sense, it is quite different from uh, TerraUSD that collapsed because we're only backed on Luna. This one is backed by uh, an, a, b a basket of different assets, including uh, Bitcoin as well. Yeah. So uh, and yeah, what happened basically is there was uh, there was an update uh, in one of the liquidity pools, and the, there was a bug there. There was then. Uh, picked up by some uh, hackers and wh what they were basically able to do is to print uh, these tokens um, and a, a quite a significant amount as well. So of course um, when that was discovered uh, the sentiment plunged significantly and uh, and it dropped from from basically one dollar to 0 0.09. So um, um, first that's a 99% that, fall, that's literally. 99%. The stablecoin was um, wiped. <laughs> maybe we should actually see a chart of that. I'd love um, to see a chart of that. It <laughs> <laughs> looks, pretty, looks pretty intense. So, yeah, this is the chart going actually a, a few uh, few weeks uh, back. So you, by, and uh, you can see the drop there, quite significant. But what is also very positive, it was short-lived. I mean, it, did, it hasn't reached uh, a peg at this point. So it is at about 0 0.9, but uh, we, are, we are seeing very, very much higher than the 0 0.9. Zero zero nine. So, uh, and one thing I have noticed is looking at it because it's the, the, they've called it the native stablecoin of DOT and that polka dot. That's a massive statement yeah. to make. And you look at the price of DOT recently; it's up over the last seven days, and it's up four and a half percent today. So, a lot of the negativity not really feeding through to the price of DOT, which is the native token of polka dot. Um, so, do you think that's justified or not, or do you yeah, think, I think it's a it bigger is thing? Justified because basically they have been able to handle it. They have been able to identify, uh, so then uh, more or less identify uh, who are the criminals and getting the wallet addresses. And, and uh, I mean, no, nothing is really official and done at this point. But what has happened is there have been a vote uh, on, among the developers how to deal with it. And there, there was a community vote actually on, on Monday. Mm. And uh, the proposed, uh, proposed solution that was approved is a burning amount of uh, tokens to basically rebalance everything and now the investigations are uh, bo uh, being finalized. One thing I would say is really the question is how much was lost in terms of dollars? And there is an estimate that is about 1.6 million US dollars. But comparing to how big this coin is, it's it, that's really like yeah. this. That's nothing. It's nothing on the scale of, yeah. say, the Terra Luna, exactly. for example. Anything else to report on there? Or I mean, it's a massive piece of news for the for the stablecoin space, but it hasn't really extended any crypto contagion. No, it was it was patched pretty fast. Yeah, of course. Uh, look, looking to one of the better performers and a more positive piece of news, of course. One token you might have noticed in the top performers, whether it be on our market wrap, whether it might have been on the cryptocurrency investment meeting minutes, is Chili's. And Chili's has really, you know, had a massive surge over the recent weeks. And it's, of course, a, one of the native ecosystem for fan tokens. Yeah, we did have, uh, we did talk about doing our fan. Yeah, we did have an episode of the podcast where we focused on fan tokens uh, and Chili's in particular during uh, the podcast. Now, of course, that's powered by Socios.com and this is the actual mm -hmm. platform which you transact these assets on. Now, if we bring up a chart just to give you an idea of just how many assets the Chili's ecosystem supports, you've got the likes of Juventus, PSG, uh, Atletico Madrid, AC Milan, Barcelona, so all of the biggest football clubs in the world, but they've also made partnerships in other sports. You've got the UFC there uh, and a number of others. So it's really what it allows people to do is have some sort of influence or voting rights uh, and to build a community around the club and the number of tokens that you have actually contributes to that. Now, Recently, Chili's made a $100 million acquisition of 25% 
of Barcelona's digital studio side of their business. So they've got a digital studio side of their business, which deals with Web3, the metaverse, NFTs, and their fan token. And Chile's made a $100 million acquisition. And a number of these fan tokens is surging off in recent weeks. Can you think of any other reason why Chile's might be up? I think it's 150% from its lows, or maybe it's just moving into the football season. People well, are enjoying I mean, I think it really, it, it, it had a bit of a pullback. You could, you could certainly say that. And, uh, and, uh, and when the market is turning, then this, this, the same thing can happen. Uh, uh, even more in, intensified opportunity uh, can come to these coins that are a little more volatile. Yeah, of course. Bring up a chart. You can see what that volatility meant for the price action. Uh, up more than 154% from its lows over the one year and smashing through those 200-day simple and exponential moving averages. A very strong movement in price for the token. Uh, as I said before, one of the things... Two things that I'd attribute the move to is, of course, the major acquisition um, that they just made. Uh, there's another announcement that they had that Bybit uh, will announce that its fan token kickoff will be p powered by Chili's. Um, and also, we've started off the Premier League and the football season in Europe. So yeah. maybe demand for these tokens and the usage of, uh, of that platform and the demand for the Chili's token is heightened, which... Would be expected. Yeah, these are, I, I mean, unique tokens in a sense because most of, a lot of coins, there are, I mean, they are backing a projects uh, because maybe they believe the developers or the team or um, maybe there's a utility. But I mean, here it's just so different because like it's, it's the fan base, it's just such a unique opportunity. Exactly. It's not, and a lot of these clubs have, you know, overtly said, don't view this as an investment product. Mm, it's exactly. more of a, a fan token, and that's really all it is. But at the end of the day, when you can trade it for a profit, a lot of people see it as something <laughs> completely different. Now, to finish off our macro news uh, part of the uh, of the podcast, I just want to have a quick touch on the broader macro environment because what we are noticing at the moment is equity markets are extraordinarily strong. The NASDAQ coming out of the bear market into a bull market up more than 20% off its lows. And it's looking very strong. We had the Dow Jones as well up 0.73% uh, on Tuesday. So yesterday, and just a real continued strengthening of the US economy. Now you can put that down to a variety of things, but do you think this sort of momentum can be sustained Adam, or is it just, just a short term rebound that people are grabbing onto gravitating towards and pushing it higher? It's frothy. It's tricky to say because, I mean, one thing is uh, how I view the progress of economy in different countries. And another thing, at least potentially, is how the markets, uh, they will respond to it. Because, I, I mean, I'm somehow uh, concerned that we will still see more actual uh, recession uh, effects, not, not uh, longer term, I mean, mm -hmm. in the, into the next year as well. And the, one of the reasons for that is simply like uh, we are seeing some of the bigger companies, they're already coming out with statements uh, not only for this year, but next year, that they will be more cautious with hiring. So uh, that is certainly something to watch out for uh, longer term, not uh, beyond, I mean, in the next week or a month. Uh, but then how, how the market is, is somehow so much more optimistic because they're already looking beyond, exactly. beyond <laughs> what uh, could be happening uh, uh, after, even, even if we have some sort of, not necessarily recession, but a significant pullback in economic activity, the market could even be looking beyond that. So it's like, it's a bit tricky exactly where the market would go. Exactly. And would you say that the fact that we don't have a Fed meeting this month, so I suppose 
their powers aren't looming over the market, ready to crack the whip and do what they want. We've got a bit of a, a longer time frame to mm. play with. Do you reckon that could be playing a part? Yeah, I mean, that could be a bit of a positive thing. Yeah, of course. Uh, and then moving over to the other side of the ocean we, in Asia, uh, we can see that the effects of the Chinese lockdown is still rumbling. And they've got a number of uh, political and I suppose geopolitical risks as well. Not long ago, we spoke of uh, Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan and how that really shook up markets in the region and even pulled back uh, US markets at the same time. So I've highlighted a few risks here, Adam, uh, that are impacting China, the well, second biggest economy in the mm. world, right? Oh, yeah. Now, tell me, which one do you think is the most impactful for the world economy and maybe even the one that could impact crypto? So I've highlighted these. You've got COVID-19 and their most recent lockdowns. You've got a slowing down in the housing market. You've got a shaky banking sector that's we've spoke about a lot in the past. And then finally, you've got the China versus Taiwan geopolitical risk. There's four there. Which one do you think is the most pertinent at this point? Well, it's a tough question. But I mean, if I had to point on something, um, the indication is if you look historically and uh, some of the things that has happened, like um, there is a big difference, for example, in the housing activity right now than for uh, than if you looked at the last five five years or so. So uh, ev- over the last 10 years or so, anytime we had a pullback in housing prices, th- that's not something that just disappeared after a month or so. There have always been more extended uh, pullbacks over, uh, over a, lo- a longer term t- period of time. So we're talking about maybe something like six months. Um, so and that we just saw, saw a turnaround in that. So uh, uh, about three months ago, we uh, actually exactly three months ago, we saw the first pullback in uh, housing prices uh, were down uh, minus one point one percent year on year, and uh, and uh, then the following reading was about two, and now the last one that was actually released this week was even further down. So we're just starting to see that reversal. And actually, historically, when when that has happened, at least over the last ten years, uh, as I was saying, that does seem to continue. So it's certainly something to keep an eye on. Whether we should be concerned about COVID in the same degree as before, I would be, for example, less concerned about uh, that, relatively speaking, because uh, China has been through that so many times already. Yeah. Uh, so that is kind of, I think the market expectations are not really like so so reactive anymore uh, in regards to that. And then we have the Taiwan um I mean, it's it's more of a news thing, I think. I mean, it certainly is important, uh, but, I mean, for how much it will really affect the mm. global markets, I'm a little more, like, maybe not as much uh, in, in that sense. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, for example, they just this week, uh, they had another, uh, there's another announcement about they're sending another team from U.S., to China and China is again responding, uh, intensifying flights over, uh, <laughs> over the yeah, area. I was, so I, I was listening to CNBC before, and they said earlier in the year the US put on hold ballistic missile testing because of the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Then they didn't want to be making any news testing nuclear uh, potential nuclear weapons during this conflict. Now, just a week after. You know, we've had all these tensions with China. They're more than happy to test them now in a show of confidence and a show of strength. And China's more than willing to do the same. So it's, I reckon, in my opinion, it is one of the biggest risks that the world faces right now because the Russia-Ukraine war, I reckon, is a 20th of the scale of a conflict between China, Taiwan, and potentially the US influence could be. But of course, the percentage chance of that happening is a lot lower. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, if there was, I mean, if that war started, that would be, <laughs> dev- I mean, detrimental. And uh, the the question is, maybe when will that happen? Uh, and, 
And at least Pentagon, they're saying this will not happen if for at least two years. Yeah, of course. And I think the biggest thing is the U.S. is such a big determinant of how China does because that's where you know the U.S. buys all their goods and services. But the other way around probably isn't strong. If the Chinese economy slows down, the impact on the U.S. economy I wouldn't say would be as large. So, and that was of course the U.S. impacting crypto more. So at the moment, crypto safe from China, but of course a massive market to watch and look out for. Agreed? Absolutely. Wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all we have time for today in our cryptocurrency market news. As always, we look at one sector of the market in particular on the Platypus Show, and this week is no different. We're looking at the first ever episode. We're recycling back, and we're looking at the metaverse because it's made some very interesting moves and had some updates that we're going to be covering today. So, Adam, I'm going to bring you to start off today's show, the Platypus Terminal's definition of the metaverse. If you go to our uh, cryptocurrency filter page, this will be the definition that you get. The metaverse and their tokens provide utility within a computer-generated virtual world where users can make social interactions such as purchase land, exchange goods and services and play virtual games. Do you think that's a good definition? That is a very good definition. And if you were to make a better one, what would you define it I w- as? I would, do the, I would keep that one. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I think that's, that's the one we got and maybe Adam even wrote that if he thinks <laughs> it's that perfect. So tell us a little bit more about the metaverse then. Of course, it's this 3D-generated virtual. What can be used for and, and why is it such a buzzword now? I mean, you can do a lot of things, so you can, uh, I mean, the main thing is, of course, being able to interact with other people, uh, participating in an event, but they're also like, uh, that's one of the metaverses is really a marketplace for NFTs uh, or a place to, for example, promote them as well. Uh, and, and then there are all the other things, like you can create your own businesses there as well. I mean, some people, their, their way of generating income is by living in the metaverse or at least doing business in there. So that's just something to keep in mind. And, uh, and and I mean, and some of them are doing very well. So uh, yeah, so uh, vir- doing virtual shopping, particip- participate in virtual games, events, and so on, and uh, technology NFTs. As I was saying, so a lot of different things. And I actually maybe will uh, just to give you some examples because I did not do that on our first show. So give you some very concrete examples is what is happening in these metaverses because a lot of our our viewers haven't actually never really taken the time to go to a website. And try to open it and see what is in there. Right? So let's Fair enough, because <laughs> it took me a while to actually make that step. And most people I talk to haven't actually been to these metaverses themselves. So yeah, take, take it away. Yeah. I'd love to so see. So the first is a kind of black screen. This, is, uh, this shows uh, what will happen if you, for example, go to the central land and you're trying to load this virtual world. And of course, uh, what is happening is there is some, something being downloaded. And while you're downloading, you have this bra- uh, black screen of the central land to be seen. Okay, so for about a minute or so. So after that, you can actually see this, the central land. And typically, uh, so one of the places you will be uh, moved to is, for example, as you can see in the picture here. And, and you can walk around there and, uh, and see people, interact with people if you wish. So yeah, pretty cool. And then like, uh, but yeah, so what else is out there, right? So this is exactly what can you do. And so I just want to mention just a couple of events. They're actually happening right now as we speak. Uh, should, it be, uh, should you be interested in participating in any of those? So, um, so just, uh, it, will, it will be a couple of slides there. So uh, just, um, so maybe I will briefly mention some of them and uh, then you can decide for one, which one you like the best. <laughs> okay, so let's start with one uh, exhibition. So that is, uh, this is, um, so, so the slide here is about the Korean F uh, NFT exhibition. So uh, this one uh, started 
uh, August 12th and is ongoing uh, for a couple of more days. So that's uh, where you can see some of the uh, uh, 10 co Korean artists uh, showcasing some of the NFTs. And uh, yeah, and uh, you can even like, yeah, so that's a place you can go to watch them and maybe potentially buy some NFTs later if you would like to do that. Okay, next one is, uh, is called... Uh, played uh, the Snapple Elements blockchain uh, bodega. Okay, so I mean, <laughs> that doesn't really explain uh, what is going on in there, but the picture looks really great. So I actually have uh, the description here. Uh, what they're saying about this event is, uh, is uh, uh, what light and refreshing mysteries lie beyond the walls. Uh, well, uh, to know, uh, go there and uncover. <laughs> That's basically what they're <laughs> saying, which is pretty funny. So, yeah, if you have a spare time to uh, see something, uh, what's going on, and, yeah, uh, then go there. They do explain a little bit more what's going on. So there, there is, um, they're, they're trying to promote certain video games, uh, so that's one of the things happening there as well. And uh, some wearables you can try to uh, experiment with. So the central end, they have this concept of wearables. You can actually put s shoes and jackets on and so on that you can buy and sell. So one of the, th uh, the things that can create business in uh, the central end. Okay, next one uh, we have up. Uh, that is the, the Grayman uh, Metaverse mission. So uh, this one is... Um, well, oh, well, or maybe not one. Okay, sorry, I, I missed... Th th this one is very easy. So this one is all about getting free NFTs. So if you want free NFTs, that's where we have a place to go. So they're just giving away NFTs. And there are lots of these events uh, where you go get a free NFT and then you move, move on to the next things. So, I mean, that's also a way to kind of promote projects. Mm. Maybe some of the NFTs are for free and others are paid and then you get people in. I mean, this event, there are thousands of people that are participating, yeah, wow. just for the record. Okay, moving on to the next one. That's the one I was trying to, to talk about. That is the Gray Man uh, Metaverse mission, and that is a maze. So basically, you're walking around this maze trying to uh, to explore. And again, uh, the cool thing is that there are, if you do it, um, the, you, you can get rewards uh, for participating in, in this event. So that's pretty cool. And they have listed a couple of them. So I will just maybe mention, uh, maybe just mention uh, one. So there is a jacket you can win. Uh, so that's one of the things. So a lot of different things like that. So another event, walking around the maze to see if you can find something cool there and get some prices. Uh, okay, next one is the Hidden Walls Inter uh, International Exhibition. Uh, so a chart of uh, the exhibition there is so something you can visit as well uh, live at the moment. And again, uh, they actually have quite a few exhibitions that are out there, and uh, this is uh, one of them. Okay, next one is the um, it's a it's a running event. So you can see there uh, actually a virtual character on the run, and uh, uh, this is where you can participate. And the participation is uh, is again if you have. Uh, you can get prices for participating. There is a requirement though for this one. You actually need to have particular shoes to be running in the event. So like maybe actually they're just trying to pitch you the, the shoes and so on. So uh, something like that, right? So uh, the shoes you need to have is uh, called wizard, wizard shoes. So there you have yeah. it if you want to participate in that. But yeah, wild prices, $10,000 if, you, if you're one of the good runners in there. Um, for that event, all live right now. Okay, next one. That is the gambling game at Wildness... Uh, uh, and again, so this is one uh, where you can uh, win particular tokens, uh, participating, so the prizes, competitions, and yeah, this is really more gambling-ish, an event that's going on, and one of the things you can win, of course, are NFTs as well, so, uh, so yet another 
uh, another one on the list happening right now. Another, uh, so just to uh, finish off with a final example, this is one not happening right now, but it will happening on the August of 18th if you want to participate in something bigger. Because uh, actually uh, all of the live events happening, maybe not all, uh, right now, there are only very few of them where there are thousands of people participating. This one is expecting to be even potentially bigger. So this is like a, a real casino tournament. So if you uh, enjoy like playing uh, pay, uh, casino, uh, playing poker, uh, for example, you could be participating in this, mm. this big, big tournament and, uh, and see if you can become the winner. Well, I think there's two things that people can do after that is they can either take from face value that there is a lot happening in the metaverse. And I think that's the, the main takeaway. There's running events, you've got gambling games, you've got NFT art exhibitions, you've got all sorts of things happening in the metaverse. Or the second thing is, and I'd highly recommend it, is go check out these places for yourself. See what the events are. Go to the websites and really see how active these ecosystems are because it's a massive, mm. massive, and it's a growing industry as well. I mean, I've... I've known many different firms to be investing in the space, even your big four accounting firms saying the metaverse is the future and they'll be doing a lot of events there as well. So it, it is a growing space. Just to show you how fast it's growing, I've got a bit of a chart here, uh, well, not a chart, a table showing you all of the metaverse uh, projects are in the top, say, seven or eight. Now, as you can see in the to top right-hand corner, the total market cap for these metaverse projects is $14 billion. US dollars. So that's their native tokens anyway. And the number one is a one that's shot up into fame very quickly. And that is ApeCoin. Now ApeCoin's got a very interesting story, Adam. Do you like the board at your club? Have you been a fan of them? Or is that something you follow at all? I mean, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, uh, I, I don't have one myself, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah. Well, if, if you were to have one, the floor price on a board Ape Yacht Club NFT sits at 78.5 ETH, which is around 150,000 US dollars. So it's a, a steep penny if you were to be part of that ecosystem. But of course, by owning these NFTs when the ApeCoin was started, it was distributed to the holders of these NFTs and 150 million of them were distributed. Now, of course, that massive market cap that it's got uh, at around 1.9 billion US dollars has been pumped up ridiculously because they've had a lot of big partnerships and announcements, Gucci and name them as one of 12 assets that they'll be accepting as payment for Gucci products, mm. ApeCoin. So it's gained a lot of traction uh, recently. Um, and of course, I think that's really goes to show just the power of having a good project, marketing a good coin and getting to 2 billion US dollars. Do you think I've this is something, could, momentum that can... Continue? I mean, I, I would just say I'm so impressed with how they were able to pitch that thing. Exactly. And then the company behind it is Yuga Labs. So they're the company behind the board Ape Yacht Club. Uh, and the Mutant 8 Yacht Club as well, and a bunch of other ventures, I'm sure, as well, uh, and they've made themselves enormously rich. So that's number one on the list. Tell us about a few more, Adam. What else uh, are the Metaverse projects you're looking well, at? Well, so I was mentioning, uh, so I did mention already Decentraland, so certainly uh, also a bigger project, and I guess the second on the list there. Uh, so, so And also that one is the one that has really been in the somehow the first one or the oldest one and also the one that calls itself the first fully decentralized one. Uh, but so um, maybe to switch to another one that I also find interesting uh, is uh, the sandbox. So, um, so this is a pretty similar diff um, uh, metaverse, but what, it, what is uh, interesting there is that they're really like, they have events once in a while uh, so maybe once every six months they're really really pumping them up mm. and like uh, they're very I mean you even to getting into the event it's not easy like you need a special VIP kind of thing <laughs> pass to get into this event and they're, they're really pumped up 
So uh, quite interesting. But uh, as a sandbox, you can uh, you can uh, you just have a free account and basically log in there. Uh, another thing, just to mention, uh, I haven't really men- uh, mentioned it too much. I think briefly mentioned land sale is one of the big to- uh, big topics in uh, metaverses. Uh, for example, for the central land, one one of the cool thing is of course that not only you can be you can own land, but <clears throat> you can also uh, have your own businesses buying and trading NFTs. And Sandbox is similar. So again, uh, the, uh, there you can also uh, land ownership uh, is something you can buy and sell. So I would want, because now that we're talking about land sale, I do want to mention something pretty, pretty important. Uh, because if you're planning to buy land of any of the metaverses, because they are really expensive, mm. uh, so you have to be cautious. So I will just show you a picture here. There are f- two, these are both... Uh, of uh, on open seas um, so the picture here so uh, let's have a look at uh, it is showing the sale of one piece of land on sandbox okay and these are all uh, when you look at their websites the, it looks perfectly official all both of them on open sea maybe you are just going to open sea to buy land you will be maybe landing on one or the other and uh, have a look at it which one do you think I mean, yeah, I mean, they looks, I mean, the, the way they're describing these is identical. But yeah. one of them is fake. That's the point. Right. So uh, don't buy the fake one, <laughs> buy the real one. And uh, so one has to be a little bit careful. So when you do any trades, uh, trades of land, um, then you have to be very cautious. Yeah, so the trade of land in the sandbox is really what's made it famous. So the, the amount of transactions of virtual land that have happened, and of course, the size of its metaverse. One thing a lot of people have questions and just to you know a wrap up on the sandbox is think about why people value land so in the real world there's a limited amount of it because the the surface of the earth is only so big but in a metaverse like sandbox isn't there just an unlimited amount of land and what gives one piece of land more value than another well that's an excellent question so uh, the way they have set it up is um it is limited so 100 the, uh, and why d- what, what is valuable one more than the other where basically uh, because of the engine they have uh, unity for building structure on top of the land pieces you can become your own developer on your land uh, so they have really facilitated that in a really really good way so if you buy a piece of land then you can actually start building things on that piece of land creating your own business and getting people involved, inviting them to uh, you. I mean, so you can build a maze and have people wa- wandering around in it and whatever you want. I mean, they, they provide you the tools to build a business. Yeah, I mean, the sandbox is really impressed when it comes to being that far forward in providing a real metaverse and a real virtual world to live in. How much of your day do you spend in the sandbox metaverse, Adam? I mean, I was really, really tempted to start building my own thing in there, to be honest. But uh, takes a bit of time, maybe. It, it it takes a bit of time. But just to give you an example of how impressive Sandbox is, in 2021, the token went up 10,000 percent. Wow! And of course, we all know the big event that sparked a lot of that, and that was mm-hmm. the announcement that Meta was re- sorry, Facebook was renaming as Meta, and it benefited the token immensely. But that's the metaverse. As you can see, there's such a wide ecosystem. The last time we spoke about it, uh, ApeCoin wasn't even part of the conversation, and now it is. And I'm sure in a few months' time, when we come back around to look at the metaverse again, there'll be heaps of news, heaps of announcements, and major advancements. But Adam, thank you very much for the coverage of the metaverse. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all we have time for for the second section of the show. But to end off today's Platypus show, we'll be bringing you two bright ideas and hot opportunities for yourself to look at for your portfolios. And I'll throw it back to you, 
Mr. Adam Cherkovsky. What are you looking at this week? What do you fancy? Well, so um, I guess you could call it safer bet this week. <laughs> maybe I'd call it the lazy bet. He, he maybe running out of time. What do I talk about today? What no, no, no. It wasn't like that. Um, so I picked Bitcoin. And mm-hmm. um, so I did bring a picture across here. So this is one of the definitions of Bitcoin. There are various ones you can find out on the internet. But here is one for you there. So Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency, a virtual currency designed to act as money and a form of payment outside the control of any uh, one person, group or entity and thus removing the need for third-party involvement in financial transactions. So exactly that. So uh, now banks don't need to be involved if you want to trade digital currencies, and Bitcoin is really the first one that did that. And uh, yeah, as I'm saying, I'm always fascinated by the technology behind it. I mean, for me, Bitcoin is like the best one. I mean, that's a different question. What What I myself personally... I'm fascinated by it. it's actually the technology behind uh, this uh, cryptocurrency. So blockchain technology is, um, I, I think that is a really cool, uh, cool thing. So I did, I mean, yeah, so I have done some programming in that. And oh, okay, anyway, b- back to, <laughs> get to, why did I pick uh, Bitcoin? Yeah, I mean, so I think it, um, so it's, it's interesting because I, I think, I think we have seen a very nice uh, trend uh, reversal in, in the broader cryptocurrency space. And, um, Bitcoin has been, um, have, we have seen it 25,000 approximately, right? And now it pulled back to the 24. And I think short term, we could actually see it coming back uh, to that previous high again. Uh, and uh, so that could be uh, some easy uh, buck to be picked up short term. And uh, yeah, one of the reasons, because I actually brought it as well, funnily enough, in the cryptocurrency meeting minutes as a bright idea yesterday. So oh, really? we we're thinking uh, somewhat in line. So we, that wasn't scripted at all. But I mean, the reason that I gave and the reason I brought it is if the broader market is looking strong, then Bitcoin will benefit if it breaks 25. But we did find a lot of resistance mm. at the 25 mark. I think it was on a one hour candlestick chart. We hit it three times and triple topped before we fell down. And then I suppose if we were to fall down and there was some sort of short-term reversal in crypto, then Bitcoin as a safer haven, I know it's still volatile, but a safer haven asset would fare better than maybe some of your more speculative uh, altcoins. That's why I brought it uh, as it's a hedge in both directions. Because for my bright ideas, I'm not sure I'm allowed to bring stable coins. That's the only other way (laughs) you can go the other way. I've got to have a definitive opportunity. Uh, But I I, I think Bitcoin during this environment is still strong. Mm. Now, to finish off the show, I'll bring my own show, uh, sorry, my own opportunity, and I'll show you a chart straight away. Uh, this here, you're looking at the injective protocol. As you can see, it's bounced pretty strongly off its lows, found a good level of support, and is tracking higher uh, quite strongly at the moment. Now, this is a decentralized exchange that has many partnerships and offers a variety of assets. Some of them include Avalanche, Band, Axie Infinity, and Metaverse Projects, the Board Ape Yacht Clubs, Binance, and uh, Link as well. So they've got a lot of partnerships in the space. They are providing that decentralized exchange service. They're one of the smaller ones in the space. The reason I like it is on a technical basis. It's made those higher highs, higher lows. And the most recent uh, little turnaround, I think, could be a tick up in the positive direction. When you're building a portfolio at the moment, I do think you are on that turning point of is Bitcoin turning around? Is it breaking 25 and are we going to 30? Or is the resistance being found and are we going backwards? If you were to say, Adam, and this is what we'll finish off the show with, a bit of a, a, bit of a tip. Do you think Bitcoin will hit 30 or 20 next? Well, it's that's a, we're right in the middle. <laughs> that's a that's a good question. It's a tricky question. So I, I, we could uh, see um, so we could see a bit of a pullback. I mean, there is certainly a risk of that, uh, but I don't. I, I am not seeing it going down all the way to twenty. I, I think I would be thinking it's more likely there will be things 
hitting the 30 as opposed to 20. But again. Yeah. Uh, to, to personally as well, if I was to give a percentage, it would be very close to 50-50, but I'd be leaning towards, again, 30,000 before we go back to 20, at least in the short term. And I think that that surge will follow off more frothiness in equity markets. Mm. Well, Adam, as always, thank you very much for joining me on the show today. Ladies and gentlemen, that is all we have time for at the moment. As always, we covered the latest cryptocurrency market news. We looked at one sector of the market in particular, and we finished off with some bright ideas and hot opportunities for your own portfolio. It's been a pleasure joining you today, and I'll see you next week on The Platypus Show.